Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. We are recording this on a victory Friday morning for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Bucks have improved to five and one, the second team in the NFL to get to five victories after the five and O Arizona Cardinals. There's a ton to talk about on today's show. We'll look back at Thursday night football. We will take a quick peek ahead to the game in 10 days against Chicago. And we will also take a look around the NFL at some of the biggest storylines in the league and look ahead to some of the biggest games this weekend. But before we do that, I'm going to introduce us. I am Trey Downey, the Downey half of this dynamic duo. And with me me every single week. See, you know, I was going to give you a a nice intro again. Don't care. Last week, you you were praising the intro I gave you. Leonard Fournette called himself Thursday Night Lenny. I was going to call you Friday, Friday mid-morning Lenny. Like, you know, it's Lynn Martez. I don't even know if we're dynamic anymore. I'm dynamic. I don't know about you. I'm definitely dynamic. Um, last night, <laughs> the Bucks offense dynamic again. Yeah. It, it, it's weird, man, because I – you and I, we, we talked before the game, obviously. We we uh, we were on Bucks Nation's Twitter page with a video prior to the game last night. And we talked about all the scenarios and how, how we felt how this game was going to go between the, the Bucks and the Eagles. Bucks went in at 28 to 22 over the Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field. But the weird thing about it was I said, oh, Tom's not going to throw 42 times, 50 times. His thumb hurts. <laughs> Yeah, okay, Len. Uh, 34-42, 297, two TDs, did it all pick, but it just, it just keeps rolling, man. It's and it's you gotta you get to a point now where you're asking yourself, wait, I know 2007 Tom Brady was really good, like I mean, like historically good, like top seasons of any quarterbacks ever to have. He's reaching that point at 44. In 2021, Ridiculous. and not to mention the fact that the weapons he has more on this team than they did in 2007. Granted, he had an all all world Hall of Fame wide receiver in Randy Moss, but he's got three studs on this team. And even last night, I mean, OG Howard shows up and gets a touchdown. Um, it's just it, it, the 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 offensive weapons just there's so many man. It's it's a plethora of weapons and. And I will say this much, though, we kind of talked about it before the game last night. And uh, you brought up Thursday night for Ned or Thursday night Lenny, whatever he wants to call himself now. I want to get into that more because that's the that was one of one of the, if not the most impressive Buccaneer for me last night. Oh, no, I, I, you can. The reins are yours. But I told you I told you yesterday. Yeah. Um, and certainly, you know, there's plenty of times when I'm wrong because I said, like I said, I didn't think Tom was going to throw it 40 plus times yesterday. But as far as Fournette's concerned, I was not surprised that they tried to get him to the football as many times as he did, uh, 22 times running it, six times catching it. I mean, you're talking about 30, 30 touches, close to 30 touches. I said it a couple of weeks ago, I'll say it again. The reality is he has lapped Ronald Jones when it comes to being the running back on his, on his football True. team. 
It's just I was it, wrong about it, that. No, it's just what it is. It it, it it's you know Ronald is this, he's a he's a spell. He just spells Leonard Fournette at times. And granted, Geo is probably going to be the third down back on his team, but I mean Fournette can do whatever you want all three downs. He just can't. Um, no, he can. And uh, before we get further into into Leonard Fournette and the rest of the news items coming out of last night's game. You just your quick social reminder. Lynn told you that we were live on the Bucks Nation Twitter before the game last night. We do these things periodically before some of the bigger games at Bucks underscore nation. Follow them on Twitter. Follow Lynn on Twitter at Elmar810 and follow myself on Twitter at TD Experience. And wherever you're listening to this podcast, click that subscribe button helps you out because you'll get notified when a new episode hits and it helps us out for all of those crazy algorithms on Spotify and Apple podcast. But yes, let's dig a little bit further into that. I'm going to elaborate a little bit on what you were saying about Leonard Fournette and it was early and often. And you mentioned it was not only just in the, in the running game, but in the passing game as well. And I said, for the majority of last season, I thought that Ronald Jones looked like the best back on this team. This year, it is not even close. And I am surprised at the not only the regression of Ronald Jones, I am a little bit surprised that Fournette has been able to fully, you know, keep together this streak going after what he did in the playoffs. You know, we've seen guys make have great runs for, you know, a, a spurt of games. I mean, you, a lot of people remember quarterbacks in the playoffs, you know, Joe Flacco's great run when the Ravens won the Super Bowl, Nick Foles when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Leonard Fournette had that type of run as a running back last year in the playoffs, and he's continuing it this season. And he is undoubtedly the number one running back on this football team right now. Rojo had a couple good carries last night. They did mix it up a little bit more, but you mentioned Tom Brady throwing the ball that many times. They also ran the ball more than they have been recently too. And a big part of that was the time of possession. They absolutely obliterated the Eagles in time of possession. And you mentioned that. You mentioned the Bucs putting together 10, 12 play drives and that the Eagles needed to do that too and kind of muck things up. I think last night was the way the game played out was almost kind of a hybrid as far as what you expected versus what I expected. It didn't go as far as a shootout, but it wasn't an ugly type game. The ugly to me in this game was the fact that the Eagles could not take advantage of the Bucks' defensive deficiencies. Richard Sherman goes out in the first quarter. They lose another cornerback. Dee Delaney forced into action. Jamel Dean didn't have didn't have his greatest game, but I'll, Jalen Hurts had a little bit more success in the second half, and he had the great the great first drive, but the lack of accuracy in Jalen Hurts' arm and the fact that Nick Sirianni doesn't want to give the give the ball to what could be a Pro Bowl running back in, in Miles Sanders. And you saw how the Eagles fans reacted when he finally got his second carry, and I think it was the fourth quarter last night. Man, the, the Eagles have some talent on this team, but Hurts is going to have to improve his accuracy and – the game planning from Sirianni is going to, is going to have to get better because you look at the end score of this game and it was 28, 22. And the fact that you look at the stat sheet and it probably shouldn't have been that close. 
Eagles fans probably have to wake up this morning a little angry and the Bucks as just keep rolling. A win is a win is a win. Yeah, as far as Jalen Hurts is, is concerned, he he <laughs> he missed a few, he missed a few yesterday. Um you mentioned the Sherman injury, you know, pulling up with the hamstring, adding another injury to the secondary. But there were plays to be made out there when it came to their passing game. And there were times where Zach Ertz was was open and was missed. Just I mean, it wasn't like it was 35, 40 yards down the field. I'm talking about just simple outs where where tight end right in front of you, six yards away, mm-hmm. seven yards away, and he can't get the ball to him. But as much as he's inaccurate, there were times yesterday too that he just you look up, you don't account for his running ability, and boom, he's gone. He's gonna you know, he converted a couple of third downs on that first drive. And, and granted, we've already talked about it, that there's going to be times where teams are going to make their plays. You know, we talked about the Dolphins last week and, and Bissett getting his, his plays and Matt Ryan, the Falcons game, getting their plays. There are going to be moments when, especially where as banged up as the secondary is, there's going to be moments where teams are going to move the football against the Buccaneers. It's about whether being they, they could do it consistently. After the first half, honestly, I was surprised that the Eagles were, were able to put together two touchdown drives in the second half and uh, you know keep the score within a, within a one-touchdown game even late because of the things that we talked about, the inaccuracy of, of Jalen Hurts and the inability to, to get the football to a playmaker like Sanders. And... They're wide receivers. I mean, we can talk about Devontae Smith all we want, and I liked him in college. But just like Jalen Jalen Waddle in, in Miami, if you don't have a guy getting him the football, he I mean he's just a man running patterns. And that's that's he's got Smith, three solid receivers. Rager, you know, getting those passes. They're okay. The other two okay. Rager's then... Rager's okay. But I'm talking about more in terms of drafting a guy in the top six or seven, yeah. like they did with Smith, and like the way Miami did with Waddle, and Again, those guys, you got to utilize them better. Think about how teams that think about the Bucks, think about the Chiefs, think about the Chargers, think about any of the quality teams with, with, with good offensive play calling, how they would use a guy like that in their offense. For instance, the New York Giants, it took them a couple of weeks, but now Kadavius Tony, you know, is touching the football every other play on offense. Because he's a playmaker. Yep. You get him the football, you look up, two guys in front of him, he's making two guys miss. That's Waddle. That's Smith. I mean, those are those guys. And unfortunately, Miami and Philadelphia don't know how to use talented wide receivers that they wasted a top seven, top six draft pick on. I mean, it, it, it's despicable as far as, like, wasting the talent. So dudes are just going out there running patterns. Look at even look at even what Arizona has done with Rondell Moore, who they who was a later round draft pick, and they are utilizing him much better than the Eagles and Miami are us- utilizing the guys that they took in the top ten. So I mean, spread it out, man. Get those yeah. guys matched up, move them around, put them in a slot, create a mismatch so that when when you look up, all of a sudden they're going up against a, a, a third corner. I mean, teams do it all the time. I mean, 
granted, the Chiefs have had the problems they're having defensively, but you know what they know what to do? For the most part, unless unless they're getting help over the top, they know how to get the ball to Tyreek Hill. Yep. Multiple ways. Multiple ways. The dude's lined up on the left. All of a sudden, pre-snap, he's moving to the right. Ball snap, balls out, balls in Tariq's hands. You got to do that with those type of explosive players. And unfortunately, the Eagles have not figured it out with Devontae Smith. And, and because of that, they're two and four. And because of that, fans booed the heck out of them at home on a Thursday night. And it, it would help Jalen Hurts to have that type of explosive player on the offense. It may not improve his accuracy, but it will still help him improve in regards to moving drives down and staying ahead of the chains, man. No, I'm with you. And you mentioned Jalen Hurts' legs last night, and he did get two touchdowns on the ground. But I do think that we need to give a, a huge tip of the cap, possibly even, you know, I don't know if the Bucks gave out game balls last night, but Shaq Barrett was everywhere, man. Jalen Hurts would have had a lot more yards on the ground if it wasn't for Shaq Barrett absolutely chasing him down on multiple plays. Shaq Barrett and Vita Vea were both forces on the defensive side of the ball for the Bucs last night. I was really, really, I mean, Shaq had that phenomenal season two years ago with all of those sacks, but the way that he was able to chase down a guy like Hurts multiple times last night was really valuable. And getting the Eagles off of the field, especially in the first half uh, last night and them not being able to extend drives. No, it's not. And it's necessary, right? We talked about the secondary and the issues they have in the secondary and some of the guys that are playing back there because of the injuries. Well, somebody's got to step it up. I mean, you can talk about the, you know, next man up theory and approach when it comes to replacing somebody like Sherman and Sherman Murphy Bunting and Carlton Davis but it's also next man up when it, or, or picking up the slack when it comes to the other areas on the defense too. The other areas of the defense, the defensive line and, and the pressure up front has to be there to protect the back now because the back isn't as solid as it was a year ago. That's just how it is. And because of that, whether it's Hurts last night and Fields and the you know, in 14, well, 10 days or whatever. 10 days, yeah. That's that's gonna be the that's gonna be the approach, man. You gotta have you're gonna have to get two quarterbacks. And not all of them are gonna be Matt Ryan standing there waiting there for you or, or uh, Mac Jones standing there waiting there for the pocket. They're gonna have to be chased down like Shaq Shaq Barrett did last night. And another player that you mentioned, a news item that dropped just as we were starting to record this, Zach Ertz, who got a lot of playing time uh last night because Dallas Goddard was out because of uh, COVID protocols uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. The rich get richer. Zach Ertz is now headed to the Arizona Cardinals, one of their tight ends. Uh, Max Williams is injured, and I think Ertz is even an upgrade over that. That's a team who right now have the best record in the NFC, and you've already got guys like DeAndre Fugazi. Hopkins. You've got, you've got Rondell Fugazi. Moore. You've got A.J. Green, who's Fugazi. having a bit of a re resurgence, adding Zach Ertz to that. Fugazi. That offense continues to look more and more dangerous. The five still calling them Fugazi? The 5-0 even, not, even not player, Not the players. Okay. They're 5-0 records, Fugazi. Even with that win over the Rams, that yeah. dominant win over the Rams? They lose this week, by the way. 
the Arizona Cardinals are losing to Cleveland this week. Okay, we'll get into that at the end of the show when we talk about. I mean, you brought up uh, the Cardinals, man. We talk, no, 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 no. When we talk about the biggest game of the I mean, week, it was just a storyline coming out of last no, night. I know. I Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz. I mean, scored a, if you're gonna get, listen, man. Down. I'm not. I'm. I'm not. I'm not a Miami Dolphins offensive coordinator. One of those two guys that are running <laughs> plays for them. Or I'm not Nick Soriano in Philadelphia. If you give me weapons, if you give me weapons like the words you use, uh, I'm not waiting until there's some special time to hit you back with it. I'm going to use him. So give me Devontae Smith. Give me Jalen Waddle. I know how to use him. So if you're going to tell me about the Arizona Cardinals, I'm going to say Fugazi and they lose this week. All right, Lynn, let's look ahead a little bit to – is there anything else you want to get into from last game, I, from last night's game? I do think it is a good thing that the Bucks have 10 days to prepare. Tom Brady was great for most of the game last night, but – especially on the interception and on a couple of other throws. Uh, it definitely did. The accuracy was horrible. And you got to think that the thumb, is bo- the thumb was bothering him. So I think, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that the thumb looked like it was a little bit of trouble. So it, it is a good thing that the Bucks now have 10 days in between games. Dr. Downey. Okay. Dr. Downey. If, if Tom yes. had that same game three weeks ago without a thumb injury, we wouldn't be saying anything. Now, all of a sudden, everybody's a doctor and his thumb's bothering him and blah, blah, blah. Man, I just told you about the dude being 44 years old, literally having the most yards of any quarterback in franchise history after six games. You know, And now he says he wants to play till he's 55. Okay, well, he, he can if he wants to. But my point is the fact that that man's going to throw for probably about 5,000 yards this year. So you can talk about the little little inaccuracies he had last night. Or even in there a, won't be 30 inter- interceptions either. That's a shot, man. That's not necessary. Just preparing anyway. myself for a few weeks from now. Anyway, you could, yeah. <laughs> you might want to slow down on all that. Anyway, he's going to throw for over 5,000 yards. And in addition to that, like I said, the inaccuracies he had last night, all he had against New England, we wouldn't even be bringing him up. But we bring him up now is because, oh, he's got a thumb injury. That dude is fine. That dude, again, he balled last night. Here's the thing more than anything else. More than anything else. And Tom is what he is. When you give that quarterback, the greatest of all time, a clean pocket like he had on some of those plays last night, including the Antonio Brown touchdown, where Antonio Brown could come, literally, Antonio Brown went to the end zone, came <laughs> back out of the end zone. He had that much time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then went Tom, back, just, just like to spend a lot of time down so there. So Tom yeah. is staying that clean. I know he got hit a couple of times against Miami. And I, I know he got hit. He got hit. I, I want to say once or twice last night, but for the most part, he's getting. I mean, just a a blurry of a, a time back there where he's just sitting back there and picking and choosing when he's gonna, you know, throw the football, waiting waiting on guys to get open, and 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 because of that, man, man, quit the nitpicking, man. That dude is just bawling. I'm not even nitpicking. I'm just saying it's a good thing for eleven for twelve. On the first two drives, and you oh, want yeah, to talk, and you want to talk about his thumb? I'm a damn dumb man. Stop it. Eleven right, for twelve, 120, 21 yards. He led the team to two touchdown drives. 
the first time, first two times I had the football yesterday. Dumb. What dumb? If dumb was bothering me, it would have been cold then. Yeah, no damn dumb. And he has All another right, one anyway. Who needs thumbs? He don't need any. He's Tom Brady. He doesn't even need thumbs. Oh, with four gosh. fingers like this and just throw it. You saw him last year in Chicago, right? Yeah. Asking the number down. Yeah. Did you see his thumb? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh man. So uh, let we'll dig into the we'll dig into this further next week uh, because we'll have another show drop before the game. But let's just do a quick peek ahead to the Chicago Bears. In my opinion, that matchup looks a lot like this week's matchup, especially in terms of what the Bucks will face on offense. A a quarterback who can who can get out of the pocket, extend plays, run the ball, and a team that their play calling leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, and they probably have less weapons on the offensive side of the ball, the Bears do, than, than the Eagles do. Maybe even, maybe a little bit less. There's not I, – I would say there's probably not a player that I expect – could have had like a huge breakout game like I thought Devontae Smith might be able to. So that's the only you're not an Allen Robinson fan, man. Eh. 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 Yeah, well, eh. Eh. okay, because we're gonna see in 10 days. Eh. Because okay, depending on who's back there and who's healthy. For instance, if he plays against the secondary they played last night, oh, he's gonna have a big day. Hopefully, at least Winfield will be back. I think that's the. I think right. that's the concussion that's protocol. The you, hope, you, you hope that 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 he's that he's through the uh, concussion protocol. But as far as the corners are concerned, you're going to have to roll with Dean Cockrell and Delaney and, my point and is, this year. And my point Maybe is, Martez. And, and, <laughs> I'm, I'm strictly safety these days, man. Trust me, dude. I'm a I'm a reading react guy. <laughs> I am definitely, I am definitely a free safety reading react. Oh, the ball's over there. Okay, I'm over there. I'll go sideline to sideline for you, but I ain't covering anybody one on one. As far as Robinson is, is concerned, if those same corners that played last night, minus Richard Sherman, play in ten days when they play the, the Chicago Bears, oh, Robinson's gonna have a big day. He's going to have a big day. Yeah, he's that, I mean, he, he's good, dude. He's good. No, he I'm may like, not yeah, be I'm... explosive like Smith, but he uh, Devonte Smith. But he's good. I just want to see. I want to see the play calling out of Matt Nagy to to get him to get him the the ball consistently. I mean, the guy's and, a thousand yard wide receiver, dude. Even with Matt Nagy, so no, no, no. And and you still have to you still have to worry about Khalil Mack on the defensive side of the ball. So. Uh, will definitely be an interesting matchup coming up in 10 days. I believe it's a 425 kickoff scheduled right now between Bucks and Bears. Before we dig into uh, this weekend's slate of games and talk about the games that we are most looking forward to, I think we would be remiss if we don't address the situation uh, involving John Gruden, no longer the Las Vegas Raiders head coach after uh, – racist, misogynistic, homophobic emails were discovered uh, between him and Bruce Allen during the NFL's probe into the Washington football team. Not only is he no longer the head coach of the Raiders, the Bucks have already 
removed him from their ring of honor, not only in just a statement. Uh, we've seen video over the stadium that John Gruden is already gone from the stadium ring of honor as well. And it was the right move from the Buccaneers. These, uh, it doesn't matter if John Gruden thought that he was in private and that he wasn't saying these things in public. They're wrong no matter what. And, and private is when you show your true character. And unfortunately, we saw that out of John Gruden with these emails that were released this past week. And, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to see with people that you have that prior to this situation, you have a high opinion of, not only as a coach that led the Buccaneers to a Super Bowl, but I also thought was a good broadcaster. But when these things are brought to light, you have to do what, what needs to be done. And the Bucs did 100% did the right thing, in my opinion. Um, I, I don't disagree. I will add this in regards to the comments that he made. He also made inappropriate comments in regards to a member of the Glazer family who owned the Buccaneers. Mm -hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to John Gruden, and you and I, you and I had the opportunity to actually be there when he was placed in the Hall of Fame for the uh, Tampa Sports Commission. And at that time, after meeting him, I, I'm fanboy because yeah. of because of being a guy, me being a guy that, you know, watched football in the 90s and the arts 2000 and, and watched John Gruden do the things he did with Oakland, his first time there. And then obviously with the Buccaneers and winning the Super Bowl with the Bucs. But the thing that really gets me is that whether it's him or anyone else that has the opinion and the feelings that someone like him have, yet they have the exposure of people of differences, meaning the fact that here is a man who, whether it be college or the NFL, I mean, John didn't all of a sudden become head coach of the, of the Oakland Raiders and then, and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then the Raiders again. I mean, he was in the league for years as an assistant. And my point as far as that's concerned is he's been around people that don't look like him. Mm -hmm. for a long time that's the thing that gets me in this situation it's like it's one thing to have the opinion uh, again and the feelings that people have and let's be let's be honest people have those opinions and feelings on both sides black and white but usually they have those opinions based off of the lack of knowledge of being ignorance of being around people people that they feel and make those derogatory comments about Mike John... Tirico, his, his former his former broadcast partner, is one of his best friends. He was he came to that Hall of Fame ceremony to surprise John Gruden. I mean, John it's Gruden has been around people that don't look like him for three quarters of his life. Yep, and yet he felt what he was saying was okay. That's some scary stuff, Trey. Mm -hmm. That really is. And like I said, you can talk about it from either side, black or white. It doesn't matter. If he was a black man and said those things about uh, 
Caucasians and white people, my attitude would be the same. You're talking about a coach? Like, let's say if there was a, a black NHL coach who's around white players three quarters of his life, but yet all of a sudden he's going to have the opinion he has about those players. It's like, what do you, like, like, these are your guys. These are your guys. These are the guys that you help make careers for. That's the thing that gets me. It's like John Gruden's made, he's made careers for players. Do you understand that? I mean, there are guys in this, there are guys in this league that probably feel like they owe him and owe him because they're in the league. Those were his guys. And yet he felt the need to, to have the feelings that he have and, and, and share with somebody else. And let's be honest too. We're getting whiff of one, five emails. Come on, man. It's just like I say, it's just like I say about, about somebody who got, who got caught stealing. That wasn't the first time. <laughs> they just got caught that time. That's how it is. And it's, it's just the same thing. Those emails were, for, I don't know this for a fact, but I would be willing to bet they were frequent because you don't just all of a sudden, oh, today's going to be the day I'm going to shoot these emails off. And it's going to be the only time I do it. <laughs> no, no, no. Today is going to be the day I'm going to rob a bank and get caught. Oh, the only time I ever did it. No, no. That's not how it works, man. That's not how it works. Well, and the, the crazy thing, too, is that this is all pro- part of the probe into the Washington football team. And more news came out last night about the NFL's top lawyer and his cozy relationship with Jeff Posh. The, yeah, with, with the former president of the Washington football team. And if John Gruden is the one so far that has took the, took the fall in this probe into the Washington football team, I want to know what the rest of the findings were in, into this. And Honestly, dude, at this point, I don't even care. I really don't. I mean, I, I, if, if, if you're talking about well, people getting hurt, that's one thing. For instance, the cheerleaders thing. That's one thing. You're hurting people. If you're hurting people like that, that's one thing. But you, spitting out words, emails back and forth. Come on, Trey, let's not be ignorant, man. Let's, let's be honest with each other. In regards to that could be happening right now. It's just the way it is. But I think to, to me, I think the ultimate, I think, I don't even know if there is going to be justice in this situation, but I think that, I think that it's finally time to see Daniel Snyder out of there as, as the owner of the team. And I don't think unless there's more findings that come out, I don't think that the league or the other owners are going to push him out. That's why I'm saying that like the rest of these, the rest of these findings need, need to be out there. Okay. That that's situation. fine. And Gruden, Gruden certainly is, is taking the fall right now for everything. But even if, even if all of a sudden there is the Daniel Snyder pushed for him to sell his stake in the, the Redskins, I'm sorry, the Washington football team, a la Donald Sterling. Mm-hmm. Okay. The reality is you still have people left. <laughs> you still have people left within this league 
who probably have the same thoughts. Let's not fool ourselves, man. It's called the old boys. It's called the old boys network for a reason. And it's not just about it. Again, it's not even just about black and white. It's about how the old boys network operates in our country, corporate wide. And, And there are plenty of, there are plenty of, Lawsuits that women bring upon their corporations. I mean, it, it, it's deeper than that. So again, John may be the fall guy for this. And if you want to go after Daniel Schneider, you get Daniel Schneider. But that's not the end, dude. You're never going to get to the end until there's, a, there's a, a new way of thinking with a new generation. Because again, the Old Boys Network is still going to keep rolling whether Daniel Schneider's in D.C. or not. I'm 100% with with you and we've got a only thing that's going to cure this right now is is more time in a new in a new generation in a new way of thinking there's no easy way to transition off of that topic but let's let's move on to the rest of the nfl games this weekend coming up the aforementioned washington football team uh plays the kansas city chiefs in washington and uh you know that's a that's a situation right there. Is that game this weekend or is it next weekend? I'm no, looking it's at the this schedule weekend. now. I just, they, pl- they, plan yeah. on, they plan on retiring a number two. Yeah, Sean Taylor and that kind of, you know. The irony. Diverting, diverting the, the attention off of everything that's going on with them right now. But, yeah, there, there are a ton of interesting games this weekend. You mentioned earlier Cleveland and Arizona. Another game that I will certainly have my eyes on is the Los Angeles Chargers heading to Baltimore to face the Ravens. You know, absolutely. That's that's the one that stuck out to me. The Chargers coming coming to the East Coast to take on the Ravens, a team that for weeks when it, when the season first started, it was like, oh man, another injury. Oh, they're not going to survive that. Oh, another injury. They're not going to survive that. Oh, another injury. They're not going to survive that. I'm not telling you there's going to come a point where they're not going to be able to survive all those injuries, but it's real surprising how well they've done considering the injuries they've had and being, being able to move the football as consistent as they've been. And it's about time, folks. Start. If you were, not you personally, Trey Downey, but if you were a doubter, and there's plenty of them, and they're still out there, of Lamar Jackson, you need to get a grip. Got to be the MVP of the league so far. I don't know about that, but I can tell you that there's only so much that he can continue to do to prove that he is as good as he is. I mean, when you start accounting for 500 yards total offense, dude, come on, man. You throw, you throw for 400, you run for nearly another, you know, 75 or 80. There aren't a lot of quarterbacks in this league that are doing that. So how can you mm-hmm. talk badly about this guy? Oh, you know, he's not that good. Really? He's not that good? Name me the last guy who's accounted for both ways, running and, and throwing the football for nearly 500 yards. They can even do that? Those, goals don't ex- those guys don't exist. There's only one, and he plays in Baltimore, and he's carrying that football team. And, and yeah, you could definitely argue he's he is the league MVP. But I think Sunday they're gonna they're going to have their hands full 
stopping, in my eyes, the, the most explosive offense consistently in the in the AFC, and that being the Los Angeles Chargers offense with the two number ones they have and, and Austin Eckler staying healthy and, and running the football the way he's running it. And, I mean, and the, the kicker is that kicker. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the guy – the guy that's leading it all is, is Justin Herbert, who you mentioned the MVP candidates. He's right up there, dude. Yep. Him. I think, I I think you've got a, I think you've got a solid top four right now. I mean, the, the MVP isn't like the Heisman trophy where you're sending guys to New York and finalists, but, or anything like that. But I think you've got to talk, you've got to talk about Lamar. You've got to talk about Herbert. You got to talk about Josh Allen and you've got to talk about Kyler Murray as your, as your four guys right now as far as uh the nfl mvp race goes and heck that's i mean he's not going to get a ton of love because of all the weapons but tom brady too man tom tom's up there and and what matthew stafford's doing out in la it's just to me i put lamar ahead of those guys right now just because of all of the injuries that that team has had the comeback wins and how big of a part of the offense i put a lot of stock into that v an MVP. It's not most outstanding player. It's most valuable player. And I think that Lamar is that right now for his football team. Let me add this to the Lamar Jackson debate, whether or not he's, whether or not he's a real NFL quarterback, go ask defensive coordinators who have to come up with a game plan to stop him. Mind you, everything is about stopping him. Mm -hmm. Okay. Andrews, good tight end. Brown, good wide receiver. But Dick, he is eight, man. They want to stop eight. Everything is about eight. And because, because of that, it's like the Michael Jordan theory. You know Mike's coming and you still can't stop him. You know Mike's coming. You know Mike's getting the basketball, last shot, and he's coming. And you still can't stop him. You can't design a defense good enough to stop him. It's the same thing with Lamar Jackson. You, you know he's the guy. He's the centerpiece, the outside piece, the inside piece. He's all in offense. But yet, defenses can't stop him. And he's still out there balling. Let's close with this. You mentioned it earlier. Why are you so confident in the Browns handing the Cardinals, their first loss this weekend in Cleveland. Because if, uh, other than the Rams win, it's, I mean, they should have lost against Minnesota. I know there's a – it's funny. I hate when people do that because you can go through every every yeah. schedule, every team. I mean, in, in my eyes, you know, the the Giants are, are, are three, and, three and two because of losing an overtime and, and uh, dropped – interceptions to seal games in the end zone bucks could easily be three and three right now yeah oh if they didn't call if they if they call passes defense on chris godwin they could they would have lost that game you can go up and down the schedule and find those games with with, with teams but <laughs> as much as i digress i just i watched them and, and i know other than um the niners game that they won a couple of weeks ago 17 to 7 I'm not buying them defensively and I'm still not buying them. I'm not buying them offensively other than, other than the fact that it's not balanced yet. I told you, I mean, yeah, I know Connor's getting his few touches and, and luckily enough, they've given it to him near the goal line because they should not be running mm -hmm. a five, nine, five, 10 uh, quarterback. 
at, at goal line, or he'll end up like Daniel Jones. God bless him, stumbling with a concussion or walking off the field because they want to run a, 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 a uh, RPO and, and give him the football at, in the end zone or actually in the red zone. But as far as Murray is concerned, I'm still not buying him. And the reason why I think it's going to be Cleveland, phew, them boys can run football, baby. And, and as Getting much Jarvis as- Landry this back this weekend too. Yeah, listen, those two guys, Hunt and Chubb, yep. are, are the AFC answer to, to Pollard and Elliott, where those guys pile up 200 rushing yards a game. And their offensive line is real good. It's, I mean, that's – I watched them play against the Chargers, and it was a road game at that. And granted, I mean, they say the Chargers really don't have a home field advantage, but you've still got to fly out there and play them out west. But I watched that game, and Cleveland was going toe-to-toe with them. Cleveland was going toe-to-toe with the Chargers. And because of that, I, I just think they're real – they happen to be three and two, but they're a real good football team. They're solid. And I think they're going to get after Murray. And if Miles Garrett gets to Murray, that could be. Uh, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. man. I mean, it's, it's that running game is they, they do. They do two good things that winning football teams do. Run it and stop it. I mean, if you do those two things, you can win a lot of football games. And I'll, I'll say this. I'm very high on the Arizona Cardinals. I think they're a playoff team. I think they're one of the best teams in the NFC, but I'm also very high on Cleveland. And I don't think any team's going undefeated this season. So I'm with you. I do think that Cleveland hands Arizona their first loss. And that's how not because... That? How, how are you going to ask me that? And then you because you went, so, you went so hard on it earlier in the game. And sometimes I like, to give, I like to give the people a little swerve at the Gazy. end. But no, I think Arizona is one of the best teams in the league. But I do think Cleveland is one of the best teams in the AFC. And they're playing at home. And you want to talk about a home field advantage. Those fans in the dog pound in Cleveland certainly certainly give them that and I do agree with you that they match up well against Arizona this is not a knock on Arizona I think Arizona is a great football team I just think Cleveland is too and we we talked about what we think the two marquee games are this weekend Cleveland and Arizona and Baltimore and LA Arizona's looking to be the be the top five team in the NFC see I'm not going you don't have to go there I'll tell you the teams uh, right now. The defending champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Dallas is better. Green Bay is better. Uh-uh. Oh, yes. Not sir. going Dallas. You don't have to. You don't have to. I wa- Again, what did I just tell you? Three games in a row, dude. 200 yards rushing. 200 yards rushing. 200 yards rushing. You know, what? when, when you're able to do that, and it's your – and – the team that has to play you that week has to think of a way to stop that. Even if they take that away, you know what you got? CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Dak Prescott still throwing the football. I mean, I'm not, I, I'm, I'll be the last person to tell you that Dallas is a great football team, but they're better than Arizona. And right now, again, they're doing stuff that other teams cannot do. And that's running the football for 200 plus yards a game. They got their act together. 
Dallas has their act together. I'm not telling you they're going to win the Super Bowl, but when it comes to the NFC East and being a top five team in the NFC, they're one of them. And Arizona is not. Fagazi five five and zero record. I got I got Bucks. I got Bucks. I got Arizona. I got the Rams. I got the Packers. Maybe the maybe the Cowboys are the. the are the fifth best team? I don't know. It's definitely uh keep keep it keep Arizona's getting ready for a tailspin here, brother. But that's yeah, okay. we'll 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 de- we'll definitely see what happens. We'll be back with you next week. We'll preview more in depth Bucks versus Bears. Take a look back at what happened this weekend and look ahead to next weekend as far as the NFL slows. He is Lamartez. Follow him on Twitter at Lmar810. I am Trey Downey. Follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. We are on Bucks Nation. Follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. And always check out BucksNation.com for the latest and greatest on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.